Our gospel reading today is from the book of John, chapter 15, verses 1 to 11. Jesus is addressing his disciples. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, I... Heavenly Father, I just want to... What's the use, Heavenly Father? I just can't. Can't what, child? Who? What? Little brother? If that's you messing around, I will... In case you forgot, your little brother Stan is away at camp. Oh, yeah. I... Wait. But then who are you? Where are you? As I recall, you were praying to me, your Heavenly Father. And I could tell you were sincere, so I answered. You can do that? I've been doing it since the beginning of time. Don't believe me? Check my book. Wow. That's amazing. I heard you singing that in church on Sunday. I sang Amazing God. You heard me? Like, you were there? I'm always with you. Even at times when maybe you wish I wasn't. You're talking about Wednesday morning when I... We will deal with Wednesday morning when the time is right. Right now, you wanted to talk to me. So shoot. Well, thing is, there are times when I feel disconnected. I've noticed that, too. But what are you doing about it? I've been trying. If you were watching, you would know how much time I spend reading the Bible, looking for answers. I am, and I do. But mine is a big book. Billions of topics. You need to look in the right places. And you have some suggestions? I do, as a matter of fact. Well, let's start with just one. John recorded my words very well. Found in chapter 15. The vine and the branches. I read that. Skimmed might be the better word. <laughs> well, some of your parables are really hard to figure out. I look at this more as using metaphors rather than parables. But whatever. We can discuss that another time. Right now, the subject at hand is the vine and the branches. Guess I can't get over the, the talk about the fruitless branches going into the fire. Well, whether in plant husbandry or in life, non-productive members will take away sap 
energy from the vine, and that is never good. Seems strange to me how people focus more on the non-productive branch rather than on the productive branches. In order to be the productive branch, must abide. That means must stay connected to the vine, constantly and unrestricted to live and to bear fruit. Go cut a leafy branch from a vine. Soon the leaves will wither and die since their sap, their source of sustenance and life, is gone. You refer to yourself as the true vine. Seems to me you're the only vine. Unfortunately, there are many false vines. People attach themselves to popularity and power. These will always turn out to be false vines, lacking when most needed. I get what you're saying. Possessions, good looks, wisdom, all can let us down. You have to remember that good and sustaining nurture comes only from God. Just one question. In that parable, you say that whatever we ask will be given to us. That is absolutely right. Anything? Anything. I hate to bring this up, but you actually didn't answer my prayer on Thursday. Well, a purple Cadillac didn't seem to be a prayer worthy of an answer, but I did answer it. The answer was no. So how do we know whether uh, something we ask for will be given? Sam, you are a wise man. Let's suppose a three-year-old child asked for a loaded gun. What would you do? Well, of course, I would refuse. And rightly so. You would agree only with requests that are in the child's best interest and in harmony with your nature. And the same is true with me. Whatever you ask must be in harmony with the nature of God. I guess that makes a lot of sense. I do try. Maybe we can talk again? I'd like that. I'm always here. So abide in me. Have a good night, Sam. Where do you abide? Abide is a funny word. I, I kept thinking this week of where else do we hear that word in our lives, and I can hardly think of it beyond um, religious contexts or, or maybe some romantic context. We don't use it all that much in our daily lives, but it is all throughout today's scripture reading. Where do you abide? Where do you spend your time, fix your energy Craft your life around. To what do you devote yourself fully? Give your time to it, to allow it to capture your imagination and your spirit. I would guess that for many of us, myself included, our time is consumed with our smartphones and our tablets our cable news networks and our sports teams, our devotion to political ideologies, our hobbies, and our interests. We probably spend more time and devotion studying these things than we do toward our religious lives. If we are devoted and abiding Dodgers fans, as I am, you may find me wearing my Dodgers hat to the store, as well as to a game. Some of us set our personal schedules around our team schedule, and we might even choose our cable TV provider 
by that devotion. If you are a devoted fan of a television program, you may eagerly anticipate every episode or, because you can these days, binge watch an entire season in one sitting. These things consume our time and our focus. They also form our identities and shape our values. And because what we focus on also determines what we miss, what we don't focus on, sometimes our devotion to one set of ideals can cause us to disregard the ideals of other people or even the people themselves. Where do you abide? Most of us abide somewhere, and sometimes we don't actually pay attention to what we are abiding in. But when we abide in something, it takes root in us. It absorbs us. It binds us to a set of norms or values or hopes and commitments that produce a certain fruit. Where do you abide? And what fruit is it producing? I'm thankful that the Dodgers and that USC football don't play on Sunday mornings or the fruit of these values may be evident in worship attendance. NFL games, and most certainly the Super Bowl, bears a certain kind of fruit when it comes to worship attendance. As individuals, we all abide with patterns of behavior. We root ourselves in passions, in our ideals, in our hopes, in our dreams, and those roots, those passions produce fruit in our lives. Paul speaks of the roots that, the fruit that Christ produces as being fruits of the Spirit, and he names those fruits as love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These fruits become evidence of God's activity in our lives. If God is active in our lives, we produce the fruit of that spirit. As a church, we also abide by certain practices and patterns, roots, and branches that produce fruit. Some of those fruits in healthy churches Uh, involve healthy growth and discipleship, committed relationships, loving, kind, and respectful attention to, to the community and to the wellness of the community, as well as outreach into our neighborhoods and to the broader world. Healthy vines, healthy churches have, have an aura of, uh, of grace and fruit that, that spreads out from them and is rich in the community. And sometimes churches... Like people need some pruning back. They need to let go of some things in order for other fruit, healthier fruit, to be produced. Churches can get tangled up in their own branches, and some of those branches are not worthy of the gospel and need pruning. Countries also abide in certain values and norms and passions that produce certain fruits in our national identity and in our headlines. You don't need to look much further than headlines that come on your phone or in the morning paper 
that tell us about the fruits of our country and the things that we value, that tell us about the fruits of our fixations. We live in a world that reminds us every day, even as the Amazon is burning, of how our greed and how our desires can turn against our neighbors and can turn against the very creation itself. Take a look at the headlines and see what they tell you about the abiding values and fruits in our country and in our lives. If you were to take a close look at your own life, where do you root your time, your value, and your devotions? And what would be the fruit of that? What does that look like? When we abide in narrow ideologies, the fruit of that is often anger and cruelty. When we abide by our illusions and our need for control, the fruit of that can also be conflict and division. When we abide in Christ, the fruit of that devotion is joy and a desire to live at peace with one another. In today's Gospel reading from John, it has one of John's famous I am sayings. In John's Gospel, there are seven I am sayings of Jesus. Today's is I am the vine. Jesus says, and my father is the vine grower. Jesus uses the metaphor of the vine and its branches and its fruit to describe our lives. And then he invites us to abide in him. In this case, the abiding takes the form of growth and nurture, a sort of sacred vine, a sacred umbilical cord, if you will, that binds us to Christ and to God and to one another. It is this lovely image of of a vine that spreads and that we are invited to abide in the vine. I am the vine. Abide in me, Jesus says. Live in me. Grow through me like branches on a vine. Find your source and your strength, your sustenance in me, and your life will bear much fruit. As good Christian folks, and certainly as a good pastor, I would want to say that, yes, of course I abide in Christ, and Christ abides in me. But I suspect that I am not alone in admitting that I am not always as closely bound to the vine as I would want to be. I get tangled up in other vines. Sometimes I just want to do my own thing, plant my own garden, live in my own little vineyard, do my own little thing. Or I want to plant myself in a church community but seed things that aren't of Christ. Christ calls us back always, I am the vine, abide in me. Jesus goes on to talk about healthy branches and healthy branches growing and producing fruit and seeding new branches and so on and so on. I don't have any vining things in my yard right now, but I have in the past, and I know that they just attach and they grow and they grow and they grow and they produce fruit. 
And all good vines need pruning because sometimes the the branches grow thin or the fruit they produce is not worthy of consumption. Sometimes we read these passages from Jesus about pruning and it sounds harsh and it sounds um, dangerous. But to me, when I read these passages about pruning, I'm grateful because I know that I am in constant need of pruning. While I try to be faithful, I know that I can get caught up in my own ego, my own desire to control things, my own, and my own desires may not be consistent with the gospel. And then Jesus says that God, as the vine grower, comes through and and does some pruning in our lives and resets our path, perhaps even transplants us from one vineyard to the next, perhaps regrafts us into the vine so that we can grow healthy and well. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be grafted and rooted in that vine. There's a lot of other places that would would call me to to be in other gardens or to root myself in things that really aren't worthy of a child of God. But Jesus says, come and I will will graft you into myself. You are invited to abide in Christ. A couple of years ago, I I planted a, a peach tree in our yard and for the first couple of years, it really just kind of sat there and didn't really do much. It produced peaches this year that were about this big, but it's a little tree, so I, I, I think it'll grow bigger. But suddenly, this late this spring and into the summer, this tree just grew like crazy. I think it was all that good soaking rain that we had last winter, and suddenly the tree just said, oh, I know what I'm supposed to be. I'm going to grow. And it hurt my heart this week, but I had to prune it back. I had to cut off some of those little branches that were growing at the bottoms and the sides because I want the tree to to grow up and to grow stronger and bigger. I think it's a pretty healthy image for our, our lives that sometimes we need to prune back. Sometimes we need to let go of some things in order to grow stronger and bigger, in order to produce better fruit. I think a lot of our churches need to prune back some things, need to think about what we need to not do in order for Christ to go stronger, for the fruit of Christ's love to be more abundant in the community. I want to invite you this week to be thinking about your own spiritual life, to be thinking about the ways in which you are growing as a part of Christ's vine, the one vine, or perhaps the way that your branches have grown thin, or the fruit that you are bearing, is it healthy and nutritious? Does it serve the good, or has it become withered? Is it unworthy of consumption? I want to invite us to as we begin another new year in the life of our church and we start the open house in a couple of weeks to be thinking about how you might more firmly root yourself in Christ's vine, in the vine that is 
a vine of abiding love, a vine that bears fruit, fruits of the spirit of love and joy and peace in our lives. And if we're not experiencing that, how might we call ourselves back to the vine? Are there places that we need to prune, that we need to let go of in our own lives? Think about where you're abiding. What is it that forms your identity? Is your identity more formed in Christ or more formed by a political party or by a a news network or a sports team or your job or all the other things that call to us? What would it look like for your life to be rooted and grafted in Christ? the vine. What would it look like to allow God to be the tender of your life, the one who, who prunes and nurtures and produces fruit in your life that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Today we are being called once again back to the vine, to abide in Christ. What an amazing invitation to just live within Christ to live within this spirit of love and compassion and mercy and kindness, to know Christ's spirit filling us, nurturing us, bringing us back into the fullness of God's grace for us. Let us pray. Loving God, it is an amazing invitation to abide in Christ, to bear in our very spirits the fruits of that discipleship. It is an amazing invitation to root ourselves in peace and a joy that passes all understanding. God, we confess that we have often chosen other, other vines and other gardens. We have sometimes produced fruit that is not worthy of the gospel. And so, God, where our spirits need some tending, some pruning, God, help us to see those things. And help us, God, to grow and produce fruit saturated in your love, overflowing with your peace and your joy. For we ask it in the name of Christ, our vine and our source, and your abiding presence with us. Amen.